and welcome to episode 19 of Back to the Bins. I'm your host, Scott Gardner, and it is my privilege, thrill, and honor tonight to be joined by the first of what I hope will be many in a series of regular rotating surprise mystery guest hosts to this show. Please welcome all the way from Seattle, Washington, Kristen <laughs> Van Dam and Adriana Ferguson, the Super Future Friends. Hi. Hi. <laughs> We Again, it. we said it's so impressive for yeah. that intro. Yeah, like, we That's... are. <laughs> yeah, indeed, we're blown. Like, who are these awesome people? <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about it's a, it's actually like an issue that we did on our show, except um, we had to skip over an amazing story about Superboy's best friend, Pete Ross. So, and, so this um, is almost like the like the deleted extras on the DVD yes. type of oh awesome yes <laughs> usually we kind of like skip over the like extra story because we don't even usually even read it because we don't want them to store our minds too much yeah. <laughs> but this one is so amazing it's like actually the first appearance of Pete Ross and it's Superboy number eighty six from nineteen sixty one written by Jerry Siegel and George Papp and it is it is. It is amazing. <laughs> like we stopped, paused what we were doing, trying to read the Legion-based part of the issue, but had to stop and go back and stare at this story because it was amazing. It's it's incredible. So after all that buildup, you're going to be like, "What? That's not that great." But I thought it was amazing. I, I think it's amazing. He's going to burst into tears. He's he cries. <laughs> Superboy cries, and it's amazing. <laughs> he's he's just it's great. Okay, so it starts out with uh, Superboy busting into a cave, and rocks are exploding, and there's this boy with freckles and blonde hair, and he's going, every time I'm in danger, like being trapped in this cave, um, my pal Clark Kent mysteriously disappears, and you show up to rescue me, Superboy. How come? And, uh, and I was like, oh my god, does he have a smart person in Smallville? <laughs> this is the smartest person that's ever existed, you must be thinking. Superboy is going, what can I answer him? He seems to be wise to my comings and goings as Superboy. Oh, now how I regret, I regret taking on Pete Ross as a pal. He'll surely expose my secret identity. And so that's just like the intro to this, like a splash page. And the story is called The Boy Who Betrayed Clark Kent. <laughs> okay. It's, it starts out with um, Clark Kent's going to a movie. Which, by himself. By himself. And it's just, hey, I used to, I worked in a movie theater. I saw a lot of people come see movies by themselves. I saw movies by myself. You're not a sad little nerd <laughs> named Clark Kent. And he, what's actually sadder is that he's going to see a movie that's about him. If you look at this, it oh, says, it is? yeah, it says Superboy rescues crippled battleship. As that, we know from his trophy rooms and such, he really likes himself. Yes, he does. I would like me too if I was Superboy. <laughs> so he's going to see this movie and then these like uh, punk ass kids who don't very, look very punk because they're all dressed nicely back in the... wearing those little jackets. <laughs> so um, they, uh, arri- these punks arrive late to the movie. They're like, oh, it's sold out. We're not going to get in. Oh, we'll just push this nerd out of the line <laughs> and get into the movie. And uh, Clark's sad because he can't, like... They totally him. shoved him down. Yeah, they shoved him onto the ground. There's no security guards. And, <laughs> you know, um, it's funny because they're, like, a foot from the ticket booth. Too. Yeah! I don't think that guy would let those kids in. He doesn't care. <laughs> they also bully him. Crime runs rampant in Smallville. Yes, we know that. So Clark's, like, sad that he can't, like, go see this movie and he can't, like, kill them because he's super... <laughs> I think bo- he's sad he can't kill he's them. He's sad that he can't kill them. <laughs> and... 
Because he has to pretend that he's, he's not timid. He's timid. Timid Clark Kent. And doesn't can't crush their heads into diamonds. <laughs> and but luckily, this blonde boy with freckles appears and just beats the hell out of these bullies. He he's doesn't like, really. He just, he just, just like, shoves them. He grabs them by the collar and shoves them. But that is threatening enough, and yeah. they don't want none of that. Yeah, he is apparently really strong, and really uh, indignant on behalf of this shy boy. And. Clark is really touched that this guy, who's just like a stranger, has helped him out. And this guy is immediately like, hey, I just moved here. Let's be friends. It'd be really great if we became friends. And Clark's kind of like, I don't know. I don't really have time for friends. But really he's thinking, like, I don't, I don't want him to find out that I'm Superboy because he'll notice if he's my little friend. What's weird about this is that in the story, he's kind of forgetting that he already has Lana Lang. I don't know if I'd count that as a friend, though. She's not really his friend. She's this crazy stalker. Right? (laughs) Yeah, he's this crazy girl that lives next door and harasses him. Watches him and has people cut his hair and other weird things. (laughs) But it's weird that he doesn't mention her when he's worried about him for the exact same reasons. So like I don't want another crazy friend like Lana. Yeah. But he should be thinking. Exactly. But so, he's also being very lonely. He's yeah. like, I wish I could have a friend, but yeah. I know they'll find out my secret identity. So him and this guy whose name is Pete Ross, they go to the movies but, together. By the way, what if I just moved to a town as a youngin', yeah. the first thing I do is go to the movie alone? Yeah, he also <laughs> goes to the movies alone. I don't know. They were meant to be friends. Yes. He was just looking for a friend. He's like, the first person I meet at this movie theater is going to be my best friend. Because everyone who comes to Smallville is crazy. So um, Clark's chilling with his um, old-ass parents because his old-ass parents are his only friends. And he seems to realize this because he's like, "Ah, I guess it's just a spell of loneliness to be with someone of my own age because you guys are old and dying. (laughs) Yeah. And something happened today at the movies, Dad. I met a boy named Pete Ross, and he wants to be my friend, but I'm afraid. It just sounds like he's afraid to get close to someone. Like, it sounds like he's afraid of commitment. Yeah. <laughs> I've been hurt before. <laughs> so, weirdly, at the, ne- the next day, his mom has crazily invited Pete Ross over. I like that they didn't listen to his fears. He just expressed... In length to them yeah. about having a friend yeah. and a secret identity problem. His mom's just like, he wants a friend. <laughs> That's all they <laughs> heard in their old people minds. They're like, he wants a friend. I'm going to invite this friend over. I think he totally said he wanted to invite P. Ross over for dinner. I'm going to invite him over. She's she just wants to cook for someone. She's so <laughs> manic. <laughs> so, uh, But he's happy, but he's also scared. But then he shows... <laughs> He's not he's not scared enough to not show Pete his Superboy trophy room. His like room full of pictures of Super Clark Kent has a room that's just full of pictures of Superboy. He's got a room full of pictures of himself. And it's like crazy, trophies. Right? Yeah. And so it's just like his collection it's crazy looking. I have a collection of stuff of me. Yeah. But yeah, you have a shrine to yourself, Kristen. That's different. Yeah, you have candles and you sacrifice animals to yourself. I don't show other people that. But uh, Clark is weird. He shows other people his weird shrine to himself. Mm -hmm. And so Pete's like, oh, you must be a really big... I mean, I'm assuming he's thinking he's a really big fan of Superboy. Yeah. Which is also weird. Either either way, it's weird. Yeah, I might be a super big fan of... Superboy, where he local to where I grew up and I was a young person. That's true. But it's kind of creepy. I had still. a shrine to Sailor Moon in my closet. That one is not a lie. That's not a lie, Scott. <laughs> that's that's true. That's, that's disturbing. I know. Okay, well, 
I mean, I can't really speak. I'm, our room is like covered in toys. We're surrounded by toys right now, so I can't. I can't really. Okay, we have a super friends, a Legion podcast. I can't really talk. Okay, we're all nerd. We're, whatever nerd. <laughs> okay, so Clark showed Pete his crazy. And it's like stuff on the wall. It's like, uh, what were we just talking about this time in movies? There's always that crazy person who has all the photos on the wall. Yeah, every movie. The Eric ha- also has one of these, but so does Pete Ross. So Pete invites Clark over to his house and shows him his wall of crazy. <laughs> he says his first op- hobby is acting. He's really he's in the oh god, it only gets gayer. <laughs> he's, he's in the drama club. <laughs> Now, I was thinking that, and I wasn't going to say it. But the, not, oh, no, no, no. Uh, that's why we picked this. Yeah. No, this, the, the moment where he told his mother that he was, you know, he liked Pete or whatever, but he had a weird feeling or whatever. It was almost like maybe Pete had put his hand on his knee while they were at the movie or something like that. It's going to get worse, Scott. Just Oh, no. It, it only gets better. Yeah, better. Every right. Pete Ross story is this. It's yeah. gayer than this. Yeah. Okay. They have a special friendship, alright? Special, special tiny friendship. So, um, he's in, into drama, and... He's got all these photos of actors, I guess. And playbills and stuff, and he's like, you know what my other hobby is? Detective work. And Superboy's, <laughs> oh my shit. And it's not just detective work. He says, it runs in my family. My father works in the police lab. My uncle's in Scotland Yard. My grandfather was a top secret service agent. So I learned how to be a detective from experts. And Superboy's like, oh my god. What have I done? Oh my god, this is a bad idea. So it cuts away violently. Yeah. The next day... That scene probably ended with him running out of the room crying, but we don't see that. The next day, Pete says uh has actually has told clark to meet him after drama club practice and so superboy is like waiting outside of drama club like by a statue of himself i always wait by statues of myself there's a statue of superboy at smallville high that says superboy healthiest boy in the world (laughs) and the statue has has like a placard that has a, a rundown of all of his measurements and his weight get those measurements. They probably asked him. And he just gave them to He them. just gave them he to him. He also gave them a DNA sample. They probably got them from Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. who uh, runs a factory where he makes uh, statues, statues of true. Superboy. So, <laughs> he comes out of his drama club meeting. He's like, oh, you said you're going to show me some police lab techniques. And P. Ross is like, yeah, I'll explain how to match fingerprints. It's a really boring presentation <laughs> It's like a new friend. Yeah, it's like he's got a projector and he's giving a really weirdly boring he's, presentation. He's got a pointer and giant thumbprints like, on, the, on the projector. So he's um, really like boringly explaining the forensics of a finger. Clark print. found the most boring friend he possibly could have. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and so suddenly... Uh, somehow a bottle of poisonous... It says bottle of poisonous acid. He just, he just had this in his room, a bottle of poisonous acid that he accidentally knocks over. <laughs> and he knocks it over. And then it sends up a gas that can kill him up into the the air. So it's like a really thick gas that where Pete can't see anything. And he can't get to the stairs because he doesn't know where the stairs are in his own basement. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to say this now. I know he said he came from a family of detectives. 
But I don't think any of them were very good. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there I right now. I think Pete is, like, the shitty black sheep of the family, where he, like, <laughs> is actually horrible at detectiving. You're going to see how bad he is at the detectiving. It's coming. <laughs> so, seconds later, uh, the boy of steel suddenly appears, and he <laughs> he's like, I'm going to inhale all of the... <laughs> The smoke? Which is a really great panel. He inhales, but he doesn't in- swallow. It's him, it's him sucking all the smoke into his like nose? Into his nose. So it looks amazing, because he's sucking in a weird, like, vaguely tornado-shaped plume of smoke up into his own nose. Into his nose. And then he's like, oh, thanks, Roy, for, for saving me. And then, like, Clark comes down the stairs uh, after Superboy leaves. <laughs> and uh, he's like... Oh, you're okay. And he's like, thanks to Superboy. Funny, he came in just as you left. And uh, Clark's, like, trying to act really tired and, like, lays down on a chair and is like, oh, I feel really dizzy. Could you give me some water? He's, like, trying to really allay any suspicions and, I'm so feeble. I'm so weak from the poisonous gas that I did not suck into my nose just a second ago. (laughs) And he's like, could I have some water? He's like, sure, Clark, coming up. And so he gives him some water and... Then Pete is taking his fingerprints off of the glass that Clark used. Like, he handed it back to him, and he immediately started taking his fingerprints. Right in front of me. He's like, "What? why are you taking my fingerprints? He's like, I'm adding them to my fingerprint collection. I have prints of everyone close to me. My mother, my father, my uncle, and now you. <laughs> and then uh, what we don't see is he just stares at him for a really long time. Like, and now that. you, Clark. <laughs> and then... <laughs> He's like, I want a full description of you, Clark. Your hair color is black, your eyes are blue, now I want your weight. Step on this scale, please. And Clark's like, but... But he's doing it. He's doing it anyways. He's like, you're 145 pounds. Your waist... He's measuring his waist, too. He's like, your waist is 30 inches. Nice job, Clark. And isn't it strange? There's a statue of Superboy at the high school with Superboy's exact measurements. So far, yours are identical to his. And Clark's like, that's quite a coincidence. And then the next day, they're out hiking together... They like to spend a lot of time together, all right? Hiking. I'm sorry, but hiking is gay. Hiking is gay. I mean, lesbians do. I don't know if gay... I think gay guys do it, too. Whatever. I've never seen you hike. I'm I'm also nerd gay. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. It cancels out a lot of things. Okay. I'm also a shut-in. Oh, okay. I ain't gonna... You saw what happened in that Descent movie. I ain't going no fucking cave and shit. Okay, so the next day they're hiking together, little friends, and uh, Pete gets in some quicksand, and uh, he steps into a bog. A bog? Oh, is it a bog? I thought it was quicksand. Okay, he steps into his bog and he's gonna die. And um, (laughs) Clark runs away, and Superboy comes back and uh, saves him. And somehow, uh, what is he moves back and forth in the bog and makes the bog part like the Red Sea, yeah. kind of, so that Pete can get, get out. He just runs out. I don't know why he didn't just lift him out of it. I don't know why. It seems like uh, a waste of effort. I have to admit, while, while you guys have been talking, I hunted this issue up and I'm following along with you. And that, that panel of Superboy digging the trench to the bog looks like he's yeah. going down a slip and slide. It does! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it so does. Awesome. So as soon as he's like he's like gonna go uh, leave, and he looks down and sees that Pete is taking mold like a cast, <laughs> making a cast of uh, Superboy's footprint. It's awesome. And he's like, uh, 
that he's like, I'm taking plaster casts of your footprints as a memento of you saving my life. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I Cla- think that's totally normal. Clark's response is like, uh, that's swell, Pete. <laughs> Meanwhile, look for Clark. And he's like, what is Pete up to? What is he doing? He's taking my measurements. This is, oh my God. Is he trying to like prove that I'm Clark Kent? Oh my it, God. It looks like he only wanted to, wanted my friendship to betray me. Yes. He's like <laughs> starting to get upset because he thinks Pete Ross only wanted to become friends with him because he thinks that he's Superboy mm-hmm. and he just wants to like get a cool scoop because he's traumatized by fucking Lana. <laughs> This is a girl breaks into people's houses left and right to get through. <laughs> I love that crazy girl. <laughs> so the na- a few days later, the drama club is putting up an outdoor stage, and Pete Ross is working on it. And then a plane like explodes <laughs> over, totally unrelated to plane. Uh, uh, Clark's also helping them like get their stage together. I don't know if he's joined drama club. Maybe it looks like he has because now he has switched to. A sweatshirt that is red instead of his usual like little uh, shirt and tie that type seems, ensemble. Uh, using a hammer and nails outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so a plane just explodes over top of where the drama club is setting up their stage, and luckily somehow there's like four people in this plane. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a prop. It's like a prop plane. Okay, you can fit four people in. Okay. okay, it's not like a fighter jet or anything. <laughs> it just explodes. For some reason, and like a bunch of parachutes come out, so they're they're okay. Superboy just has to worry about the debris landing on the stage and I like killing how people. He assumes they're all okay. Yeah, they could have landed there could in. Could have been like eight more people in that plane, right? <laughs> Do we really know how many people were in that plane? <laughs> I see four parachutes, but maybe there were seven people. In that <laughs> <laughs> He's not worried about them. Also, they could have like landed in like piles of glass and right. junkyard and right out of the corner of the building, I don't know, <laughs> dead. <laughs> Superboy doesn't care. He has to protect the drama club, goddammit. <laughs> and so what he does is weird. He stretches his... His cape is apparently made of elastic. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. You learn something they new. Have pockets, which we've learned from Supergirl. Yeah. And uh, they are very elastic and stretchy. Yeah. And completely indestructible. Yes. Okay, then. They're also thermal. Oh. Yes, because he wraps uh, that lady in it. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. that's right. So you, um... He takes this uh, cape and he stretches it over a top of a tree... To make a gigantic umbrella. That's not how you make an umbrella, by the way. And uh, <laughs> the bits of the plane, like, bounce off of it, which could also bounce and hit people. I don't... It's a bad plan. But it, it somehow works. I don't know why he didn't just... I just... He's really fast. Can you not catch this stuff? He's only fast when the writers remember that he's fast. Okay. Okay. So... The drama club is super grateful that Superboy just appeared and saved them. And the way that you would thank Superboy is by checking his height, apparently. Because that's what <laughs> Pete Ross is doing right now. He's like, hold still, Superboy. I'm just checking your height. And Clark's getting more upset. He's just, oh, he just wants to compare me with Clark Kent. And then the next, <laughs> that night, at Pete, Clark comes over to Pete's house at night and... He's, um, after I take these profile and frontal shots of you, Clark. He's, giving, he's taking his mug shot. Yes. In front of, like, a height chart. It's like, my file on you will be complete. <laughs> and Clark's like, it's about time, Pete. You've been making a career of taking down my physical measurements. And then... Yeah, he has. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, an hour later as he's leaving... I don't know what they did in that hour. Just boring. <laughs> more uh, posing for the camera. More camera. <laughs> more pictures. And so uh, he sees Pete comparing I have measurements. 
Clark's stalking him right back. That's true. He's leaving his house and he immediately is looking through his <laughs> wall with his x-ray vision like, what's Pete doing now? What are you doing now, Pete? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> uh, so, um... He's, got, he's made a little folder that says, uh, I'm a little too far away. What does it say? It says Clark Kent's measurements and on the other side of the folder says Superboy's measurements and he's comparing them. So he's carefully made a little book. One uh, side Clark and one side Superboy. He's incredibly anal. Pete Ross. Like, he's making lots of... Uh, I bet. Uh, uh, you're five. So, the next day at school, after Drama Club, he's like, well, today is the day, Clark. I'm going to make an exciting revelation to you about your idol, Superboy. Because he knows that Clark is a fan because he has a giant creepy room full of, yes, like, yes. stuff. Okay, that makes sense. And... He's like, some surprise. He's been working on it for weeks. He's all pissed he's off. He's like, okay, Pete. But he's <laughs> making it very, like, mm, suspicious fit. And he's like, okay. So he goes to Pete's house. Pete has a Superboy costume. And <laughs> as he's well like, as, like, life-size profile and front-on uh, pictures yeah. of Superboy and Clark Kent. They're side-by-side side on his giant crazy wall. And at this point, you're going... Detective, fingerprints, height, weight, eye color, foot mold, photos on the wall. <laughs> hmm. uh, costume? Uh, He's like, now put on this costume, Clark. <laughs> he says in that voice. I yeah. And then um, Superboy is like putting on the costume and like and change crying. it. Crying. He's crying. He's crying. He's so like sad that his precious friend... There's, like, sadness and bitterness flood Clark's heart as he dons the familiar costume. <laughs> He's putting it on. It's a really cute picture, actually, of him putting it on and just crying. And... He's like, it's not his fault, it's mine, forever trusting him. This teaches me a lesson. I'll never forget. Let anyone get close enough to me to betray me. Oh, I'll never, any, never again let anyone get close enough to betray me. He's like, okay, friend, spring your big surprise. I'll even help you by taking off my glasses. Oh, it's beautiful. He's like... And Pete's like, great, then you must see the resemblance yourself. That proves I must be correct in my choice. You see, Clark, I've selected you to play the part of Superboy in our drama club pageant this month. And Superboy is like, what? It's what I was like, what? 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 Ah! So he's like, because of my detective hobby, the drama club delegated me to find a boy in Smallville who could play Superboy's role in a Superboy pageant for dramatic presentation for the term. By an amazing coincidence, you could be Superboy's twin. That is an amazing coincidence. Well, a guy that lives in Smallville that has the exact same height and weight and fingerprints. <laughs> fingerprints has nothing to do with costuming, by the way. He's <laughs> just like a foot cast, really. Yeah, he just wants to lick it and, like, <laughs> rub it against his body. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think there is a play. <laughs> yeah, there's no play. This play that he probably made... It will be in his basement. Isn't yeah, that weird? <laughs> his play in the basement that he's going to take photos of. Yes, I'm sure. He's like, the idea hit me the time Superboy showed up when that bottle of acid broke. It struck me that he was exactly your build. That means that he's been staring at Clark and going, hmm, his body's the exact... And then he stared at Superboy's body and was like, these are exactly the same. 
Oh my god! And so, in fact, there is um, a play, and then Mr. He's like, it's amazing, Mr. and Mrs. Kent. According to his physical measurements, Clark is an exact duplicate of Superboy! Oh my goodness, that's amazing! Size of shoe, color of eyes, and hair, everything! And um, Mr. Kent's like, you're right, Pete, it was a perfect piece of casting. And Clark's, I love it because Clark's in the background, like, on a string in Superboy costume. Like, like my toy. Swing, like your toy. Like yeah. your awesome new toy that you've gotten. Yeah. That comes in a circle. Yes. yes. Nice. Perfect. That night, after the performance, in Clark Kent's room, <laughs> they keep telling you what room they're in. You need to know. Now you know why I wanted your fingerprints, Clark. I wanted to make you a bronze enlargement of them as a gift. That's a weird gift. That's the worst gift. I think I'd prefer a statue, a tiny yes. statue. Yeah. That is normally the gift of choice. Yeah, the Legion The Legion gives out statue presents. Mm-hmm. Pete Ross gives crappy fingerprint presents. Uh, yeah. He's, it's his way. And Clark's like, and I thought Pete was out to betray me. Thanks, Pete. You don't know how happy I am to have a pal like you. You're just dot, 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 super. <laughs> the end. <laughs> oh, my God. So this means that Pete Ross is the most retarded boy in the history of the- Oh, I said retarded. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> He's dumb. <laughs> What? He's got a detective family. What you don't know is his dad was transferred to Smallville because he's not very good at it. <laughs> That's what I think. Oh my god. Uh, it's like, now put on the costume. Clark. He kept that costume. Yeah, too. he probably did. He did. Yeah. I think we run into it in a, some later. Oh, that's age. oh my God! You're he right. Kept the he kept that costume and then he put it on. Yeah, he put it on itself and rolled around in it. Oh my God! That's so true. You're right. You're right. He do- He totally does keep that costume yeah. and then he pretends to be Superboy all the time. What's weird is that Pete Ross. Spoilers. He does actually find out that Superboy and Clark Kent are the same person, yeah. but not by any detective means. He just looks over one night while they're. Camping, camping together, together. <laughs> and um, he's sleeping, and then there's like it's like totally like he's broke back too. Sleeping right next to him in the tent, changing. Yeah, he's like right? changing clothes, and then he sees him by the light of like the lightning, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, he's Superboy." Okay. See, I always had the impression that that was the first Pete Ross story. Was that that story you're talking about? So finding out that he was actually around longer and doing all this stuff totally oh changes the way I feel about Pete. Because I always thought he was very noble smart? and everything. Well, not necessarily smart, but just noble in the fact that he protected Clark's identity. And even though Clark didn't know that he knew. He'll tell you. Well, Pete Clark covered knows. for him. You know, Pete would, yeah, yeah. would help him change when he needed to change. Help give him excuses not to right. be around yeah. when he needed to change it. It seemed Pete was really a cool guy, you know. He's he, like the he was... anti-Lana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, then you read Lana's like a giant and... bitch that's always like trying to mess with him and mess with Superboy and just screw up his day. But like, she's like the worst villain he has. Yeah. Pete's like, I'll help you out. He can't put her in jail. He should, but he doesn't put her in jail. Uh, but yeah, crazy, crazy Pete Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stays pretty crazy, or he get uh, at least he gets crazy again. Because the story I always yeah. really liked with him was there was a story in uh, DC Comics Presents mm-hmm. where you know he was all grown up. You know him and him and Clark have grown up, and Clark's now Superman. And something happened with Pete Ross's son, and he yeah, wanted Superman yeah. to like go save his son or something, and he wouldn't do it for whatever reason. And Pete yeah. just like rips his. 
his clothes open and says, you know, all these years I've known that you were Superman and I protected Whoa. you and now you're going to betray me. And it was a great story. It was wow. he's totally psychoed out on Superman. Did he, get was- killed by, he gets killed by someone. I can't remember who. Oh, I don't know. He, I, I think that's been retconned out, but he was like, uh, I think originally killed by someone. It had something to do with his son and knowing who Superman was, some kind of crazy shit. And actually, him and Lana like get married. That, that makes sense. That is makes way too much sense. It's fucked up. They're gonna have like crazy <laughs> child. That kid's nuts. I'm sure. And then she named the kid after Clark or some crazy yeah. crap. What kind of psychopath? <laughs> and he knows that he's Superman. That's messed up. You're going to name your kid? They Oh, it's creepy. God damn it, Lana. Crazy, crazy girl. <laughs> I Just love that. that panel of crying while changing into Superboy's outfit. Yeah. Still got his little glasses on. Bawling. <laughs> attaching the cape. That's my favorite panel. Yeah, that's great. Well, here's what I've got. We're going back to November, the November-December 1974 issue of Superboy, number 205. Now, I chose this issue in honor of your first appearance here on Back to the Bins. So, <laughs> I, I guess I'm almost kind of sort of maybe going to be sort of imitating what you guys do on your show. But just in case you've ever been worried about this, you're going to discover just what an absolute shit job I would ever do trying to replace <laughs> you, so you've got nothing to worry about. Awesome. <laughs> so the cover on this one is by uh, Nick Cardi, and it's okay. It's, it shows uh, one of the stories that I'll, I'll be talking about, and this is actually one of those 100-page giant issues, so there's like a dozen stories in this thing, but I'm just going to be <laughs> over the main one that's not a reprint at the beginning. Right, right. And then there's a really beautiful title page, splash page, right in the beginning by Neil Adams. And it's got uh, Brainiac 5 is like ordering Superboy around. He's like, you know, look at the clock. You know, you need to hurry up and get this thing carved. And it looks like Superboy is actually carving like a tombstone. But it's got oh, I'm surprised these- it's not a statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking shit. He's using his finger to like chisel out all this <laughs> information of what's going to be in the issue. It's actually really cool. Oh, wow. This story is uh, written by Carrie Bates with art by Mike Grell, who did both the penciling and the inking on this story. This, like I said, is a 100-page giant. Originally, was only 60 cents. What? Damn it. (laughs) Damn it, economy. (laughs) And this story is called The Legion of Super Executioners. Awesome. And it's wacky right from the get-go. So we start off in, uh, we're at the Kent home, which is odd because it's Lana's birthday party. And I don't know why they're not at Lana's house instead of at Clark's house. But anyway, they're at Lana's house. It makes perfect sense. (laughs) In these stories, I guess. And everybody's there. Except, you know, Lana, she's all sad because, you know, while she's got all her friends around her, like Clark and the Kents and Pete Ross, Superboy's not there. So awesome. Clark gives uh, Lana her gift, and you know all she can think about is you know Superboy's not there, and she she actually just the way I I like to read this is that you know Clark has this big grin on his face, and he's saying you know I hope you like it, Lana, and she's got this just this kind of weird look on her face, and she's saying thanks, Clark, but I like to imagine she's being like yeah thanks, Clark, just because she's <laughs> that Superboy's not there. Maybe because she makes his life miserable, Superboy wouldn't show up, Lana. Jesus. Well, he does, though, because that night she's laying in bed reading, and Uh, she hears a sound, and she looks over, and Superboy's 
sitting like Indian style in her win- on her windowsill, and she's wow. all shocked and everything. So he's actually returning the stock, which is actually pretty funny. Hot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's turning the tails on her. Oh my and, god, uh, creepy. So he's you know he's like, well, he didn't really think I'd forget it was your birthday, right? So Aww. he's come to give her her present, which is. He's going to mummify her with his super cape and take her to the future to meet up with his friends, the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Oh, my God. Of <laughs> so, he just kills her. So they truck along to, uh, to the 30th century, and there's a nice little editor's note that reminds the readers that Lana, by this point, is actually a uh, reserve member of the Legion because she was once Insect Queen. Oh, God. Yeah. And the most horrifying person in the yeah, world. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you said that because this is going to come up later on, and I wanted, to, uh. I wanted to get your opinion on Insect Queen. Now, I'll just go ahead and jump ahead. Now, am I just being sexist, or I really thought that most women, most girls found bugs, like, repulsive and icky. So is this really the best identity for a female? Uh, I don't know. I, I personally i am horrified of bugs, so... I will call that stereotype true in my case. I don't. I I don't know. Like I, I'm okay with. I'm. I'm not afraid to kill a bug. Some <laughs> some some like people are like afraid of um, the actual dealing with the bug. Well, I will kill a goddamn bug. Yeah, so that's but that's my wife entirely. She tells me that the reason she married me was to kill bugs in the house. So yeah, <laughs> that's my function around here. She's got. You know, it's kind of a weird, but more or less normal if you compare it to her to everyone else outfit when she's the insect queen but yeah, it's the cute. fact that when she uses a power from oh. her face down she looks like whatever insect she so if she's a spider she's like half girl half spider and it's i mean yeah, it She's is. She's an abomination. That's it's, horrible. It is yeah. an abomination. <laughs> oh, gross. It is. She's like, she is the most terrifying looking superhero. It all, it makes sense. Because <laughs> she is the most terrifying person. Well, oh, my God. They arrive at the, uh, at the Legion headquarters, and they're greeted by um, Shrinking Violet, Karate Kid, and Wildfire. Now, this is when they're in their jazzy 70s outfits. And nice. I like this era of the Legion. I really do. The stories are kind of eh, hit and miss, but just the look. Granted, they're wearing bell bottoms and really weird looking outfits, but I think this was just the most cool and futuristic looking era the Legion ever had. I mean, everything right. looks like Epcot or something. It's really neat. <laughs> it's really get a kick out of it. And right off the bat, they're kind of jerks to Superboy, you know. <laughs> the very first thing that, that one of them says is Shrinking Violet says, you've come at a bad time. <laughs> yes, I love it. You know, I was being mean. God, had a bad day. And the whole thing, this the the entire first several pages that well, it's like a let me see, it's like a page and a half, I guess, that was devoted to the whole setup of getting them there for Lana's birthdays. Immediately discarded. We we forget all about, <laughs> that. and Lana becomes a background character for a lot of it. Well, it turns out that they. Show you know Superboy's concern. He's like you know what's what's going on. What are you guys all worked up about? And they bring him in and they show him all this destruction that's happened to the Legion headquarters. And he you know he says that it looks like a madman's gone on a rampage. And he wants to know what's what's happened. So they take him to solitary confinement where they've locked up the person that's responsible for this. And 
Karate Kid warns Superboy, you know, before you use your X-ray vision, you're in for a shock. And <laughs> Superboy says, okay, well, I'm ready to have a look. And it's this telling. is the greatest panel. He uses his X-ray vision and looks into the room, and he can't believe it. It's Ultra Boy, one of their own members. Now, there's no great way to describe this panel, but I'm going to try. It's it's drawn like you you see in movies when someone uses a pair of binoculars and you get that like sideways you know that figure eight yeah, shape right 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 and so it's him looking through the wall and it's he's looking in and it's this steel room with all these riveted panels on the wall and everything and there's a hover chair that has actual like rocket blasts coming out of the bottom of it and it's hovering <laughs> off the floor and. Ultra Boy is all, I don't know if he's supposed to be tied up or restrained or what, but he's got like a glowy field around him, kind of like you see around Wonder Woman's lasso or Dead Man when he possesses somebody. But he's got his arms and legs crisscrossed very tightly against each other, and he's got a look on his face like, like, (laughs) and it looks for all the world like he is straining to take a hard shit. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. Really does. It's hysterical. Now don't look at him. Yeah, you don't want to look because he may be on the John or something. It's just messed up. Awesome. So they uh, they call a little meeting and everybody's there. Uh, Monel joins uh, the group and Brainiac Five is there and they're saying that they don't know what made Joe go insane. You know, Joe is uh, Ultra Boy's secret right, identity, right. of course, and. Brainiac has run tests on him, but, you know, so far the medical banks have not turned up, you know, what the condition is that he's suffering of. of and Superboy says, you know, you've got to let me go in there, you know, that he's, you know, been friends with Joe for a long time. Their friendship goes way back and maybe he can find out what's wrong. And they tell him that, well, you know, it's very risky, but because his ultra, he can only use his ultra powers one at a time that, you know, he may be of a similar power level, but, you know, Superboy should be okay if he really wants to go in there. And so we have kind of a rough cut to the outside of the room, and Lana's all concerned. You know, she's asking Monel, you know, do you really think he'll be all right in there? And why don't we hear anything? And Monel explains that the door is soundproof, but, you know, don't worry, Superboy can take care of himself. And Brainiac 5 assures her that Ultra Boy is securely strapped up, which is hilarious because the very next panel is. Ultra Boy going, rawr, and he's busting out of all the restraints, kind of Incredible Hulk style. And he immediately attacks Superboy. And the art in this by Mike Grell is beautiful. I mean, that's another reason I love Legion stories from this era is I really dig Mike Grell's art. It's a little rough sometimes and a little unrefined. I mean, he would definitely become a master artist later on. But this early stuff by him when he was still young and, and kind of raw and hungry in the biz, I, I love it. It, it just has a, an energy to it that I really like. Ultra Boy beats the crap out of Superboy. He really does. Oh you know, it takes him right down and he rips Superboy's cape off of him and then he ties him up in a knot and basically Boots him in the ass and knocks him unconscious, which is hilarious. Oh, my God. That's where his head is located. <laughs> <laughs> well, then they cut to chapter two of the story, and we see the, the legions all standing around him, uh, Superboy, that is, as he revives in the medical chamber. Now, they don't bother to explain how they extracted him from the room without <laughs> kicked by Ultra Boy. You know, they kind of just gloss over that. And Superboy takes his cape, you know, they've taken the cape off of Superboy, and Superboy, they comment that 
it was knotted in a way that they couldn't figure out how to get the knot out of it. They, they slipped the cape off of him, but the knot is still in it. And <laughs> Superboy's like, well, that's okay. You know, Ultra Boy taught it to me. I know how to do it. So he works the knot out. And uh, like male bonding, knot tying <laughs> adventure. Maybe what they had. camping or something. Yeah. So, <laughs> With P. Ross, yeah. <laughs> so Brainiac comes running into the room and he tells them that he's finally figured out what the cause of, of Joe's rampage is. And okay, this is as if the story's not strange enough to begin with, this is where it takes a total left turn into complete weirdsville. Awesome. He says that ages ago, right up through Superboy's 20th century, certain uh, cases of unexplained madness were thought to be caused by demons. And that people. Oh my God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Believed that exorcism, driving out the spirit that possessed them, was their only chance of a cure. But experiments made 300 years ago in the 27th century proved that these fits of madness were actually brought on by a virus. A strain now so rare, it's almost forgotten. And he goes, that's why I had so much trouble pinning it down in the medical computers. And he goes on and on and on about this. Well, it turns out that the only thing that's going to cure him is a unique water molecule found on this twin-ringed planet in another galaxy. And I'm like, what? Wow, huh? How did anybody ever get cured? <laughs> you know, I yeah, it just, oh. They should have just exercised him. Yeah, done. <laughs> exactly. There's no more priests in the 30th century, I guess. Religious <laughs> been outlawed or something. It just oh, doesn't make any sense. So Monel volunteers to fly to this planet, but uh, Superboy insists that he will go. He's he's very stern about it. You know that he'll go and take care of this. And you know, at a time like this, the Legion can't afford to be without its leader. I guess Monel must have been the leader during this time. I don't remember them saying that or not. So Brainiac's like, yeah, well, he's right. You know, Superboy can be gone and back by tomorrow. And they give him the coordinates and they, they send him on his way and he takes off. And Superboy asks them to keep Ultra Boy under observation until he returns. And they swear that they will and they'll take care of Lana as well. He doesn't well, have to go alone. <laughs> but, but you have a whole team full of people. But <laughs> it, see, it's all these kind of things always work very conveniently to whatever the story <laughs> element is. You know, the logic. Yeah, yeah. Is, depending on what they actually need to play out in the story. Because I thought the same thing. And immediately as soon as he's out of sight, Monel grabs a hold of Lana. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, let go of me. And, uh, oh, what is her name? The the, the blue chick that Monel's got the hots for. Uh, a Shadowlass. Shadowlass, thank you. I can't believe I forgot her name. <laughs> she, she's standing there all haughty with her hand on her hip. And she's like, well, just like we promised, we're quote, taking care of you, Lana. And (laughs) (laughs) they've turned on on Lana, apparently. Well, at the same time that this is going on, they open the cell to to where Ultra Boy is being kept, and it's great. Uh, Brainiac 5 has this massive needle and syringe. It's just horrifying how big it is. (laughs) And they've come in... And uh, Brainiac says, ah, I see you're back to being sane and rational. And Ultra Boy says, well, you know, I suppose that means it's time for another shot of the madness drug that you've been injecting into me. Yes. And Brainiac says, no more temporary insanity for you. Now that we sent Superboy on a wild goose chase to fetch this so-called antidote, we proceed with our real plans. 
And, oh and where could this possibly be going? Yeah, <laughs> stranger and stranger, and they're walking him out to another area. And, and Joe's having an internal monologue, you know, where he says that you know every Legionnaire except me has gone crazy, and he's he's concerned that they've tricked Superboy into flying off and believing that you know he was out of his mind and everything. So he tries to make a break for it, and Karate Kid, who I've always thought was about the lamest Legionnaire. Yes, it's pretty cool. He takes Ultra Boy down hard. What? He, he drops, <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah he, he drops, he kicks Ultra Boy's feet out from under him. Ultra Boy actually slams face first into the ground. It looks very painful in the panel. <laughs> and then he gives him an elbow to the back of the neck. So he beats him down pretty good. It's actually very, it's drawn very dramatically, very nicely. Uh-huh. Wow. Ultra Boy comes to a little while later and he and... Lana Lang are tied to stakes out in front of this like courtyard area in front of uh, the Legion headquarters. Wow. Sure. (laughs) That's where you put those. (laughs) And so Monel comes flying out of the sky and asks them before the firing squad arrives, do either of you have any last words? And Ultra Boy's like, firing squad? What do you mean, Monel? You're going to execute us? He says, correct, the master has decreed that both of you must die. You, Ultra Boy, because you are immune to his control, and you, Lana Lang, because you're not a true legionnaire. <laughs> yes! So oh they God. put this special... Happy birthday, right? Great! <laughs> 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 the worst birthday ever! <laughs> They put these special glasses onto Ultra Boy, and what they're supposed to do is, because his powers work one at a time, these glasses are going to make his Ultra Vision kick in and stay in the whole time, so he can't switch to, like, Ultra Invulnerability or anything like that. It's a great idea, idea, except it looks like he's got, like, blind musician glasses on. (laughs) He looks like he should be holding a cup full of pencils or something. It's just hysterical. I mean, they're totally (laughs) wacky-looking glasses. So, Monel, you know, he's done this to them, and he flies off. Everybody gets into position, and Monel's kind of the guy, you know, he's doing the hand-in-the-air starter gun type of thing, ready, aim, fire, and it's Wildfire, Brainiac 5, Karate Kid, and Shadow Lass are all aiming these very Buck Rogers-looking ray guns at them. <laughs> and there's a great panel of Ultra Boy. This is it, Lana. You know, I can't save myself, but I wish I could save you. And he looks very sincere, even though he's wearing... Actually, they look a lot like Plastic Man's glasses, now that I, I look at them <laughs> close. It's like the glasses that a person wears when they're, like, on a wanted poster, like right. a police sketch. <laughs> <laughs> and the look on Lana's face is hysterical. She's biting her lip and crunching up her eyes, and she looks like she's just about to bust into tears. Uh-huh. And Monel hollers out, fire! And they actually do shoot them. They, they blast them, and they're knocked to the ground, and the pillars are, you know, that they were tied to are utterly destroyed and everything. And they decide, well, that was that, and they kind of wander off. <laughs> as soon as they wander off, Ultra Boy comes to, and he, you know, he and Lana are both amazed that they're still alive. You know, what, you know, how can we still be alive through all this? And off panel, we see, I can answer that. And of course, it's Superboy. You know, he comes down, he scoops Lana up, and and he relates to them how, uh, okay, (laughs) the knot that his cape was tied in was a special knot that 
Ultra Boy tied in it as kind of a message, more or less, to, no. to tell him that something. No. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now you'll recall that they went to great lengths to explain when Superboy went in to try to speak with Ultra Boy that Lana asked Monel, "Well, why can't we hear anything?" And Monel said that they were in a soundproof room. Right. So why the hell not just tell Superboy what the hell's going on? Why beat his ass and tie him up with a special knot that you hope might possibly work out? Because, you know, haven't we established that Superboy can sometimes have questionable intelligence and observation (laughs) skills and deductive reasoning? You know? I mean, given all that, it's pretty amazing that Ultra Boy and Lana are still sucking air at the end of this story. They they based everything on a special knot that he had to tie. (laughs) What if he'd forgotten about the knot? Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's the friendship knot. He loves being friends with me. (laughs) Too bad Um, he's dead. (laughs) The the knot that means chicken soup. I wonder what that one means. I think this story would work so much better if it was Superboy flying off at the end, you know, lamenting about how it was really sweet in in the last moments of his life, how... Ultra Boy tied that friendship knot for me. I'll yeah. Or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but oh it God. turns out that Superboy had actually like flown out of the sky and flown in front of the, the ray gun blast so fast that nobody saw him and, and let just enough energy spill past himself to like knock Ultra Boy and Lana on their asses and make them appear to be dead to everybody, which uh, I'm kind of tired to. No! <laughs> <laughs> the story resolves with they they decide that they're going to go track the legionnaires, find out where they went, and just get to the bottom of this. What is going on? Why were they trying to frame and kill Ultra Boy? Why are they acting so out of character? Well, while they're standing there talking, and we never see Lana actually leave and go anywhere, but we just don't see her in a couple of panels. Well, then in the very next panel, she says, well, I'm coming too. And she's changed to her insect queen outfit. But did she change with them standing right there? <laughs> Where'd she where, her? Yeah, where was the costume? I don't want to know where she was keeping the costume, oh to be God. honest. That weirdo. She probably like has it li- left it everywhere. Or she's wearing it underneath her clothes. At all times. Even on her birthday. <laughs> I get oh. Yeah. Well, she's that. Wait, wait. He picked her up out of her bedroom as she was sleeping. She wore it to bed. <laughs> Right? She's deeply disturbed. (laughs) So she changes to a half of what looks to be a a wasp or a bumblebee. Oh, gross. And it's, yeah, it's horrible because while everybody else is walking normally down this corridor, she's walking with an insect body. She's got, like, (laughs) insect legs, and it's just wrong looking. It's very creepy. Horrible. And they come into this room where the Legionnaires are, are quick at work on what they call a space arc that looked to me a lot like the Legion cruiser. And I tried to look this up and couldn't find any information on it. I actually wonder if this was the first appearance of a, of a Legion cruiser or if, if it had appeared beforehand. Like maybe they keep it at the end of the story and make it their first cruiser or something. But it's really cool. Right. And they go busting into the room. And Lana kind of leads the charge, and, you know, which upsets the guys, and they go racing in ahead of her. And as soon as they get there, she's already been zombified by the master. And they meet the master, and he is the, 
weirdest looking guy. He's this really scrawny little guy with a little bit of a beer gut, and he's got this tall hat that makes him look like the leader from the Incredible Hulk, you know, that big foreheaded guy. Uh. It's really weird looking, and he tries to take down, uh, Ultra Boy tries to take down the Master, and he's taken down by insect queen which doesn't make any sense all she does is spin him into a web and i thought that ultra boy was supposed to be a lot stronger than this oh my god and then she stings him with her poison stinger and so he's supposed to be dead he he just kind of passes out and there's a great moment really nice panel of superboy kind of standing over his body and checking his pulse and he's he's just got a really sad look on his face and just the way he's wearing his cape and everything it's actually a really nice piece of art so then the the master gloats about this crazy plan that he's got about he's an immortal and he's going to take the legionnaires back to some planet on his space arc and because they're under his thrall he's basically going to have them breed like a whole race of super powered slaves that are going to be under his control and because this guy's an immortal he figures he'll come back in a few generations after he's had the legionnaires, you know, just multiplying into the hundreds and, and conquer the Jeez. galaxy. And it's, it's pretty whacked out. Man. <laughs> and Superboy gets all indignant. You know, he's going to take this guy down. And, you know, do you think I'm going to let you get away with this and everything? And the master's basically, well, you can't do anything about it, you know, because I control all of your comrades. At which point, Ultra Boy rips this mind-controlling helmet thing off of him. You know, the guy's like, but I thought you were dead. And, (laughs) you know, he smashes the helmet. He says, well, I would be if not for Lana's quick thinking. And she explains that she was able to resist the mental command to sting Ultra Boy just enough that she gave him a uh, non-poisonous sting. (laughs) No, she didn't. No. (laughs) Wait, wait. Bug Girl could withstand him a little bit, but where's Saturn Girl? Yeah, where's Saturn Girl? Is she there? Oh, she's not even in this one. Of course not. (laughs) She can't be. (laughs) Conveniently not there that day. So the the story pretty much wraps up at that point with with Superboy's got the master by the scruff of the neck and they're going to throw him into future jail. And that's pretty much where the story ends. But I had problems with this story on so many levels. You know, they they explain that Ultra Boy and Superboy are immune to the Master's effects because of them being, basically, they're so powerful. But what about Monel? I mean, isn't right. he more powerful than both of them? So he's under the Master's thrall, and there's no mention of this at all. It just was really crazy, but the art was the redeeming factor. The art's absolutely beautiful. And, and now I'm curious to go back and read so many of these classic Mike Grell-era Legion stories that I, I loved and cherished, that I grew up with as a kid and just hold as some of my favorites. Go back and read them and find out if they're all just as goofy and nonsensical as this issue was. <laughs> oh, wow. That was awesome. That was amazing. Like that, that started out as her birthday. Yeah. And nothing to do with what it spiraled into. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to take you to the future. All my friends are fucking crazy. Now you're going to get shot. Oh, my God. Happy birthday to you. 
Big, big thanks to the Super Future Friends for joining me on this episode. I had a blast. Be sure to check out their absolutely hilarious podcast at superfuturefriends.blogspot.com where they are reading through the history of the Legion of Superheroes so that you don't have to. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me right back here next week when who knows what mystery guest host will be popping by. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, and criticisms for the show via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of the comicforums.com. We are now accepting requests for guest host spots on the show, so if you'd like to join me in an episode, let me know. Also, please be sure to check out the home website for Back to the Bins at www.twotruefreaks.libsyn.com. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you can find at comicbooknoise.com league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcast.com. Take a moment to drop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.